The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And welcome to another Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. We're so excited to have everybody along. Uh, what another fantastic week uh, that we had uh, at R-Square Consulting with everybody uh, hanging out with us. I got to spend the whole week at home, which was amazing, uh, and had some fantastic conversations throughout the week. Uh, got to talk to my brother, uh, uh, Daryl Rivers, who is part of the lead organization. So a big shout out to Daryl. Uh, we're going to have him on the show here uh, shortly. Uh, and all the planning that's going on for the big IMC event, uh, the International Maxwell Certification that's going to be going on in Orlando in February. Everybody's excited. And the big commitment, uh, which I'm super excited about in March, uh, there's going to be a couple hundred of us uh, to fulfill John Maxwell's uh, vision. But, uh, you know, John Maxwell has been on this big, big uh, mission to transform countries. And uh, it's been a calling uh, of mine to be following in that mission. And so we'll be going to Costa Rica in March. And so that's been finally announced. Uh, we're going under the invitation of the president of uh, Costa Rica and actually be training the seven streams of influence uh, in leadership in, in Maxwell uh, doing roundtables. Uh, we're going to be training thousands of, of influential leaders in Costa Rica looking to help transform that nation. I uh, couldn't be more excited uh, to be a part of that. That's going to be happening in March, so we'll keep you guys posted on those events. And then a big shout out to, of course, my junior achievement class here in Birmingham, Alabama. And uh, and then today just started uh, a, a new board position uh, with Child Care Resources. So for the li- listeners of the show, uh, you guys had, had, had an opportunity to listen to Joan Wright. Uh, we brought her on, and w- what a dynamic person she is, and so focused on really uh, helping uh, early education, uh, early education providers uh, in the Birmingham, Alabama area. Uh, but the mission that she really uh, projects really can help help any community. Uh, so she's phenomenal and uh, uh, was asked to join the board of directors for that uh, nonprofit. Uh, and of course, I accepted and we kicked all that off today. So it's been a really busy day. And of course, now we come to you. Uh, live as we always do on the Voice America Business Network, and I've got a fantastic guest. We are actually just chatting during pre-show here, and so I'm not going to do a whole lot of the bio because I want to make sure that you guys get an opportunity to really listen to what he has to say. But as a short bio, he's a very enth- uh, enthusiastic, driven, and intense person. He's been educating business professionals for over 35 years, and he's developed a revolutionary technique in sales, customer service, and leadership development. He's filled with the desire to not only teach, but also make a lasting difference. So he's well known for teaching his students and clients 
with unrivaled zeal and unmatched passion as he enthusiastically lives out his business motto, changing lives through dynamic instruction. He's a 13-time winner of the Telly Award and five-time winner of the Communicator Award. So let's bring him on right now. Let's welcome Paul Cummings. Paul, how are you, sir? Hey, Rick. I'm doing fantastic, and thanks for the opportunity to visit with you today. Sounds like you have had a mammoth busy week. It, we we all have, but you, you know we 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 talk about this all the time, and and we can dive right into it with you too, Paul. You know, time's the great equalizer for all of us. We all have mm. the same amount of time in every day. It's just what we do with that, and and, and to maximize that time. And uh, that's something I've really been trying to live as a principled life, and as a purpose life. Uh, recently, it's it's something that that has really been awakened in me, and I I think it's a an important strategy. Um, as we look into our daily activities, and, and, you know, John taught me, and, and as I've read your book, and I want to make sure that I mention it, you've got an incredible book called It All Matters, right? And let's, it all matters. And time is the great equalizer, and you talk quite a bit about that. So will you, yeah. will you introduce yourself to the audience and, and talk a little bit about your book? Hey, Rick, I appreciate it. Yeah, It All Matters was a uh, kind of result of 34 years of my life. It actually is a story-based book. I, I worked uh, in the summertime as a high school senior with a Southwestern Advantage company and somehow got convinced to knock on doors, uh, 80 of those a day for 14 hours a day for six weeks instead of playing summer baseball. And that was kind of the catalyst or the catapult for the career. But the book, just after 34 years of teaching, over 5,000 events, all the work, there was so much that I that I wanted to share, and the hard part was, you know, when I first wrote it, it was like 105,000 words. It was more of an encyclopedia than a book, and trying to call it down and really focus heavily on the value of time, uh, the importance of goal setting, activity management, uh, mindset, all those things. That was the challenge and the opportunity, and the great excitement is the book's done incredibly well, and uh, we did a 57-day book tour that spanned three continents, and uh, it was um, it was amazing and uh, signed a lot of books. So we we just believe the book is one of the most comprehensive ever written on goal setting. Um, I'm a huge fan of reading. I think they're the uh, books are the greatest bargain on earth. So I, I think the book would be beneficial to anybody that has goals and dreams and things they're still striving and stretching for. So I think it would be a, a great book for that. Yeah, and and so for my audience and in. And again, so for you, if if you've not been a longtime fan of of mine, um, I, I have I've had a knock on goals, but I want to be clear, and I want to make sure that we're setting the proper context so that we can get into your book because I have read your book and you support a lot of the contacts. Where my knock on goals have been is not is is when a lot of people set goals, um, they set them too low, and then mm-hmm. there's also that thing of okay, well I've achieved it now what, right? So I've not always been a fan of goal setting in that regard. Um, because you're never done. You, you're, you're always there. And, and I think what happens, and, and what I appreciated in your book as well, is you, you have a ton of stuff on self-awareness. And I think yeah. in, in the early setting of goals, it's important to set goals that you can achieve and that are achievable, but that begins to pull the string of self-awareness. And once you start to pull that string, you recognize how much work you actually have to do, right? Because you're never done. So walk me through a little bit about that. And I left part of the title of your book off because I think it's important for us to cover those, right? Because part of this is that you offer a a tremendous amount of life lessons to achieve what you call the four C's. So why don't you tell the audience what you consider the four C's? 
Well, I, the first C is confidence, and then clarity, certainty, and creativity. Uh, I want to go back to, if I could, what you talked about, Please. about goal yep. setting. I, you know, I, I think you're, you're spot on about that. I think goals, first of all, if you, if you ask 100,000 people, do you believe in goal setting, they all raise their hand. And if you ask the same 100,000, do you have them written down? Do you have them with you? They'll, they'll, you know, maybe 100 are still standing. And so it's one of those subjects where it's not what we don't know, it's what we do know and don't do. Um, goal setting is evolutionary. It's, it's, it's never, there's no end game. You know, one goal leads you to the next goal. One activity leads you to the next activity. Every setback is a learning opportunity. All of that, if, you're aware, if your awareness is heightened, all of that leads you to the next set of, of structured goals that you set to try to go to the next milestone. So I agree with you. The whole thing about size with goals uh, is another one of these things. There's people who say if the goal is not so big that it, that it doesn't, like, set your, your hair on fire, it's not really a goal. Other people say if it's too small and you could do it without a lot of effort, uh, it's not really a goal. Here, here's the real thing to me about it. Um, if the goal is inspiring to you, regardless of the size of the goal, if it inspires you, if it helps you see your reality for your future, that those are your important goals. Those are the ones that will keep you motivated and moving forward and excited. But until you decide what you really want, which is the whole opening of the book regarding confidence, um, until you know what you really want, what is it that you want from your dash through life, from your journey, not what someone else has told you, but you. It's really hard to define meaningful goals and inspiring dreams until you know what you really want. I, I've seen people achieve a lot of goals they've written down, get to the end of the goal, they've achieved the goal, and they look behind them and everything that mattered to them, they've left behind trying to get to the goal. So I think it's a much bigger subject and topic, but I think it's very doable when it's broken down into incrementals. And to, and to me, confidence is... Um, is what happens to a person when you find what it is that makes you happy, when you find what it is that inspires you, and uh, and you develop mindset around around those actions. And you know, to operate with confidence is is so very very important. You know, you know that Rick from your speeches. You know it from all the work. I mean, just I was inspired when you were talking about the work you're doing at Costa Rica. For goodness sake, I mean, what a what a wonderful you know brushstroke to put on your canvas of life. But having the confidence to say you're going to go change a country uh, and be a part of changing a country and even have the audacity to set that goal as, as Dr. Maxwell did. What a brilliant, beautiful thing that is. And confidence is, um, is born in, um, in that journey between your left ear and your right ear. I totally agree. And I think there's a fifth C, right? And I think the fifth C is that underlying foundation. And it's not uh, the greatest or sexiest of words, but it's consistency. Right? Oh, yeah. It's it's consistency uh, along these four C's of confidence, clarity, and certainty, and creativity. That if if you're not consistently following the the the, the system, whatever it may be, whatever speaking to you, to to make sure that you're following a system in order to achieve those. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do. And in fact, it, you probably saw that in the book, but in all of our leadership development programs, you know, they're interesting. You picked two words today that I have a program called Great Leaders Leave No Doubt. And I believe two of the career accelerators or decelerators, first is awareness and the second is consistency. And so I, you, you picked two of the words that I love the most because 
You know, I've seen people that are able to do things for a day or two, a week or two, a month or two. But you look at a guy like Dr. Maxwell or look at anybody that's achieved greatness. Um, they didn't sustain it for a month, a year. They've sustained it for a lifetime. And they did it through consistent behavioral patterns that they could repeat and repeat and repeat until it became part of their habit cycle. And then it's just what they did. So, yeah, consistency is everything. Um, so you're, you're spot on for that, 100%. Yeah, and it's it, it's amazing because, the, and and I love the wisdom that you've imparted in the book. And again, it, it's called "It All Matters." You you can grab it on Amazon. I'm sure you can get it on on paulcummings.com as well. Um, you know the 125 strategies, but you, I'm I'm sitting at 45 years old now. It, it, hmm. I I wish I could go back and and punch the 20 year old me, uh, and start working <laughs> on those two words now. Right, awareness and, and consistency. Right. But it, it took yeah. I, it took me honestly. I was forty two before I even became aware. It, to to be honest, it, it, and it takes life events and everything else to really do yeah. that. So if you're listening to the podcast now, and you know the the awareness and consistency is is where it's at. But it's okay if if you know you're sitting at at forty, forty five, or fifty, still still working on it. That that's quite okay. Yeah, you know, Rick. Uh, I think my favorite lesson in that book uh, has to do with what you're talking about, whether you're 45, I just turned 60, uh, I believe I'll do more in the next five years of my life, not necessarily monetarily, but just in impact than I've done in the last 35. Uh, wisdom's a great amplifier for future behavior, and you know, experience is what brings you that. But I was, I was talking to my grandfather, and I think the most hope-filled statement he ever said to me, and he was my mentor, was it's never too late to become the person you might have been or would like to be. And I just think there's, there's so much hope in that. And I've worked in so many inner city schools talking to young people. I've worked with uh, a lot of people in, in that area of education and just saying, listen, you know, the past doesn't equal the future. It is never too late. So you're right. Uh, you know, regardless of age or the number of days or seconds that have gone by, we can always make that pivotal decision today uh, to, to do something uniquely different and special. I think that's a fantastic point. So we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we're actually going to dive into some of the life lessons uh, that, that Paul has shared in his book. So we hope that you'll hang around. We're going to do some commercials. While we're there, though, you can go to paulcummings.com uh, or to Amazon and go ahead and order your copy of the book, It All Matters. Uh, it's 125 Strategies to Achieve Maximum Confidence, Clarity, Certainty, and Creativity. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late. On budget is now too expensive. And today's innovation is tomorrow's antique. 
which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies, a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality, so you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management from CA. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to the Work-Life Balance. We're visiting with Paul Cummings. He's the author of It All Matters. And, uh, Paul, we were talking um, just before the break, right? And so you you impart, I mean, literally 125 life lessons. And, and, you know, what I love about the format, and, and again, I've read it, um, and, and not only, you did something very nice in the book. So when you guys buy this book, not only are the life lessons imparted throughout the chapters, but then there's a great summary at the end, right? So here's all you the life lessons that. again Good at the you. end. Uh, yeah, I love it. Love it. That, that's proof I actually read it, Paul, right? So that, I mean, absolutely <laughs> proof that I read it. Um, all the way to the end. I already know what, what's at the end. Um, but, um, so some beautiful things throughout. Um, the other thing I really enjoyed about your your book, Paul, and, and it's an interesting technique. What what I don't like about some business books um, is I feel that like sometimes they preach, or sometimes um, they're giving me um, content without context, and mm. so they're telling me they're telling me you know go do this or go do that or this is something you're doing, and it's very academic, and, and so it's very hard to connect with the material. But your use of stories and storytelling throughout the book to to drive your points home or why you arrived at that life lesson, I thought was very beautifully done as well. So I, I'm a very, very big fan now uh, of Paul Cummings for sure. So let me throw it to you though, right? It, because you know it's very difficult sometimes as an author to throw – you know something like this, and and I can tell as you know as my book no day, but today was it was very personal to you um, to yeah. to write this book that comes through your writing. Um, so tell me some of your favorite life lessons that you kind of imparted, or some of the ones that stick with you the most. Okay, well I I think um, one thing about the storytelling, I was really, and this will lead to the story, is really fortunate. Uh, my dad's dad uh, was just this incredible 
man and an amazing storyteller. And I used to go to his farm and we'd sit out there. And one day we were talking and he said, you know, that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but uh, you can't make them drink. I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you know, it's a lie. If you salt the roads and make them thirsty, they'll drink all day. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. You know, years later, when I had a group of salespeople that had plateaued, I called them and I was talking. I said, listen, you know, we, we've come so far, but these guys have just, they, they've level set it. He said, do you remember that day on the farm when I told you that about the horses? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you obviously hadn't incentivized your people or not. Their oats aren't salted. They stopped drinking. And I hung that phone up and thought, he's right. You know, I gave them a reason to get to this place, but I hadn't given them a reason to climb to a new one. So it was, it's lessons like that. Uh, I remember the lesson enthusiasm is an inside game, but it's an outside reflection. That is another one of my favorite lessons in the book. As a teacher, as a speaker, as a salesperson, I've always believed, you know, it comes from the Greek word entheos, means spirit within God. Like it was my only challenge with the Win Friends and Influence People book, the whole fake it till you make it. I don't think enthusiasm is best faked. Um, I think enthusiasm is that thing, that internal combustion engine inside. And it's fun to be around. It's, it's amazing to see when it's real, whether it's, uh, I saw Prince's last concert in Sydney and this one piano, one microphone in him. And it was amazing, just his enthusiasm for the artfulness of music. And uh, just it, it just poured through every everything in his body. And whether it be a, something like that or whether it be watching a great sport event. So that's one of my favorite lessons. Um, passion prevails when everything else fails only because uh, I think the reason I love that lesson so much, and then I'll stop, I don't want to be overly wordy, was... Um, my, my grandfather said, well, you know what passion is? And I said, no. He said, well, if you look at the word, it's an individual's unique capacity to take what's inside and pass it on to another. If you look at the word passion, it's the phrase pass it on with the T pulled up. Um, I thought that was interesting. Uh, he was a very analytical guy. He kept everything, he kept thousands and thousands of these notes, and he journaled every day. And he could make a lesson out of anything. I, I mean, literally anything. And he was just filled with wisdom. So those are three uh, just off the top of my head, along with it's never too late to become the person you might have been. Life's a gift, not a game. I truly believe that. I, um, I think there, I could just name, sit here and name probably all 125 in order. But those are four that come to the front of my mind. I like that. So, you know, when you were telling me about enthusiasm, the, the word that, that I immediately went to was passion. So I appreciate you bringing that to me because, you know, when the the reason that I feel like, you know, I'm successful in running a business that, that I run is that I have a passion for the product that I sell. And yeah. and that that comes through, right? So when, when you're sitting there in a room full of other salespeople and, and you're leading that charge and, and you've got that passion for the product – that's what's convincing the person to buy. It's not my retorts. It's not, it's not my sales technique. It's the fact that they want a piece of the vision that I've painted because I'm so excited for painting it. Um, and, and, you know, they, it's, it's hard to argue with somebody who is passionate about what they're doing. And so that, you know, that's the big thing I think that, that gets lost in the sales process these days 
Um, and I, you know, and I, I mess with telemarketers and people that call me. It's like, so why, <laughs> you know, what's the why? And, uh, you know, hello, mm. Mr. Morris, we're have this exciting offer. It's like, it's not that exciting. <laughs> you know, be excited. You know, it's not that excited. I don't feel that excitement coming through the phone. Get excited. I might Absolutely. buy. But, but it's, yeah. you know, it, it, it's interesting um, because, you know, it, it's uncovering the why. Um, you know, why are we getting up and doing what we're doing? And there's so many opportunities and choices, especially with entrepreneurship. You know, I think it it's the greatest market in the world to be an entrepreneur. Um, oh, it it's, the greatest, it's the greatest time ever. Lives. Yeah. Greatest time in our lives yeah. to be an entrepreneur. You can, yeah, I mean, we I have mean, the globe in our hand today. And, and kids can come up with, with an app and be, you know, multimillionaires if they solve a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need to be a good problem solver now. Before, you needed all kinds of things to go to market. Now, I mean, there's, you know, there's families that are making millions of dollars on YouTube just communicating. I mean, it's 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 an amazing time uh, to find that passion. I'll tell you one of my favorite lessons, um, and, and I enjoyed the acronym that you put together, which was Exhibit Pride, right? So you had a mm-hmm. lesson in there that said Exhibit Pride. Talk talk to the audience about that one. Yeah. The, the acronym personal responsibility for individual daily effort. And then, you know, you add to that N dot, dot, dot. You know, when I raised my, my five kids, I said, hey, personal responsibility for individual daily effort. One of my kids was love debate, forensic science. I said, if you're going to, if you're going to stop playing basketball or re- replace it with debate, you need to take personal responsibility for that. And he went on to win a national debate championship, in fact, several, and to go to college and repeat that behavior there. And today he runs an incredibly successful startup business that just won the Spirit of Innovation Award as the best new startup uh, company. And But he took the personal responsibility for that individual daily effort. And whether it's a meal you're preparing, whether it's a canvas you're painting, whether it's a speech you're about to give, the responsibility, the responsibility for the effort lays with you know within you, and so to me that's a that's a better way of looking at that word pride. Um, at the end of the day, your you know what you do, your behavior, your conduct, your performance is is legacy. It's it's permanent ink that you're leaving on your campus. And so, so many people so think, think that yeah. Go ahead. They, well, oh, I was so, just going to say, so many people think that other people are responsible for how they react. Hmm. And other people are responsible for what happened to them today. Other, you know, and, and I, I shared a story a, a few, you know, shows ago. In, in, you know, I poke fun at my wife all the time. I love her to death, but you know, pure German. And she was like, you know, some lady bumped into her at the grocery store, and she was like, "Can you believe? You know, what would you have done?" And I was like, <laughs> "Nothing," because I could care less that that occurred, right? And, and not only that, but I, I wouldn't have given it any more credence anymore right because it doesn't matter to me i've not right because you take that personal responsibility to let that bother you or not let that bother you right and, and, and it's it's in every interaction but there's so many people these days i feel like that um are are searching to be offended or searching to give that personal oh, responsibility for how they feel away well i think a lot of that too i i you know i i wrote a microblog uh, because of a conversation I had with the person I was telling you about coming through Birmingham. Um, and I, it was about, you're not a victim, you're a victor. The only way you become a victim is to grant the people who, for some reason that offended you, is to grant them power. And 
I always I always ask the question, do you respect the behavior, do you respect the person, do you ex- respect the circumstance? If the answer is no, then why is it affecting you? Uh, the only way you can become a victim is to operate with victim mentality. Other than that, you're, you know, you, I, I believe, I really do believe this. I think we're remarkable. I think you're remarkable. I think we're extraordinary. I know we're unique. I have this little premise I talk to people all the time about is if you really want to just capsule life, just you be you. Understand who you are. Be true to yourself. Stay unique. And then just do that with awareness and consistency. And that's it. If you get if you get those simple things, because, but you're right, man. There there are so many people today looking to do that whole blame culture. Woe is me. Poor is me. Everybody's out to get me. It's not my fault. Someone else did that. It, you're 100 percent right. But there's a lot of that. But it sure clears the pathway of a lot of clutter for those people that want to go win. For sure. Yeah. So uh, you know, in my personal life, I I lost both my parents when I was young. Um, mm. you know, I made a lot of mistakes when I was, when I was a, uh, a younger and, and dumb male. And I certainly could have, <laughs> of, of, you know, cocooned that in, in, instead of, you know, doing what I needed to do to become the man I needed to become so that I could raise the family I needed to raise and, and take that personal responsibility. But it's, it's, it's amazing, right? Because I, I think in every, uh, decision, there's, there's the choice of to, to overcome or to cocoon. And, and uh, I think yep. everybody takes that personal responsibility. So we're going to take another break right here. We're going to let some sponsors pay some bills for us. We're going to be right back with uh, Paul Cummings, the author of It All Matters, right here on the Work-Life Balance. You're listening to Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CAPPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged. All while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA Project and Portfolio Management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? Are you getting the most out of your project management software? 
In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back to this Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. We did want to announce two new features, two new ways to get the Work-Life Balance. Uh, For all of those of you that travel or if you have an Alexa, if you simply just say, Alexa, ask any pod to play the Work-Life Balance, the latest episode will play. You can play any of the past episodes and ask for it by name, and Alexa will oblige. Also, uh, we're starting a new transcription service, so everything that we say here will be transcribed and turned into a blog post. That is a new feature that we'll be bringing and posting that out on my blog, pmthatworks.com. Uh, That's something that we'll be starting next week. So uh, two new ways that you can get the work-life balance. For all of our fans and listeners out there, we appreciate everything that you've been doing and keeping the show alive for the last two years and hopefully for many more years to come. So back to our guest, uh, Paul Cummings. So, Paul, you know, we were talking in break. Uh, You know, what I'm amazed about, you know, I do project management for a living. I go into organizations. And and one of the biggest things I see lacking right out, I mean, right out of the gate is leadership. And it's one of the reasons why I've made such a large investment uh, into John Maxwell and and understanding that. So hopefully I can bridge that gap for a lot of these leaders. And then when you start to to approach them about, you know, hey, we've got these programs for leadership and and you really should be investing in your personal development of leadership, it seems to fall on deaf ears, right? It's like that's the last thing with all the dollars that they spend on training and all the dollars they spend on all these programs. It seems like leadership or the recognition that they need to develop leadership skills seems to be one of the last things that, that they, they want to spend money on. Do, do you see this? And in, if so, how do you address that? Well, I, I think, yeah, Rick, I do, unfortunately. And I, I will tell you, for the first 15 years of my career, um, because the, um, there was a ton of money there for us, we, we fell right into the rut of people saying to us, hey, man, really appreciate you mentioning the leadership thing. Can you train our troops? Can you teach our salespeople? Can you work with our service? We got this leadership thing. And what we would find is we would go in and do that. We had a huge audience in the automobile space. We trained Toyota and General Motors and pretty much every major manufacturer for a decade and a half, and and with great result. I mean, we, we helped those companies make a ton, a ton of money. But here's what I would see. Every time we would go back to a city two years later, we were training. We were teaching. We were just teaching new people because the leadership team didn't sustain the excellence of what we had shared with the people we had trained two years earlier. And we, we made a really interesting decision in this company. I called our whole team together and said, uh, we 100% are pulling 
every single sales-related training, service-related training product we have off the market. They said, Paul, that's what we're known for. I said, I get it. We will not train a company until we train their leaders first. And Tim, we launched a product called Sustaining Excellence, a leadership development program. We built a campus, but we brought teams of six people together for a three-and-a-half-day leadership retreat that started at 7.37 a.m. and ended at 1.17 a.m. in the night for three straight days with homework at night, one of the most intense things you'll ever go through. And I just told our people, and if, if they're not going to train their leaders, we're not going to work on their competencies, we're not taking their training dollars because it's not fair to the people. Because you go train other people, they come back to the leader, and the leader says, oh, we don't do that. Or the leader said, well, I didn't go, so I don't know. So I think it's, um, I think for years, um, people, uh, you talked about it on the break, people thought leaders are, are not made, they're born, or it's a gut instinct, or it's an intuitive thing that only a handful of rare, unique people have. But the competencies of leadership can be taught. You know, the, if you think about things like um, intelligence, you know, we can learn to be more intelligent within our work role. If you think about things like relationship equity, uh, emotional intelligence, judgment, decision-making, conceptual ability, creativity, strategic mindset thinking, um, learning to be pragmatic, uh, learning to measure risk against reward, um, awareness, those things can be taught. People can develop their competencies of leadership. Uh, the problem, if there is one, for companies is the microwave mentality of most companies. You know, teach me something, I want a result tomorrow. Um, that's the difference in going and getting, uh, you know, something out of the microwave section at the grocery store and having your mother cook you stew on Sunday. Uh, one you can eat real quick, it's not great. The other one you have to wait all day for, but boy, is it fantastic. And so leadership provides you a longer-term ROI. It's just slower in the return, but it sticks around longer, and it pays you back over and over again. Yeah, I can tell you um, the, the moment I really started to invest in, in me and, and really invest oh. in me, um, and, and again, it's, also, it's not just investing in you, and it's also um, you know, one, of the, one of the principles that you were talking about, too, is just you know, never underestimate the value of personal relationships and friends, right? It's one of your life lessons oh, wow. that you put in yeah. the book. Um, but really also understanding who you're surrounding yourself with in, in, yeah. in um, you know, Maxwell had, had taught me, he says, you know, if you want to know anything about somebody, look at the, the people that they surround themselves with. And, and yeah. so w- when I got involved with this team and this John Maxwell team, and I started to hang around, you know, the likes of Paul Martinelli and that kind of stuff, the, the people they were introducing me to, they, they, they started teaching me techniques that, that if you if you tell me about it, you know, five years ago, and even the people I talk about it now, it, it sounds dumb and it sounds mm-hmm. mind blowing, right? But the things that I've been able to tap into within my own brain and teach my brain to do, like I've taught yeah. myself how to sleep better, I've taught mm-hmm. myself how to meditate in the morning, taught myself how to do a technique called photo reading, which allows me to consume more information than I've ever had in my entire life, um, things like that. Um, which I'm completely open to because I'm watching it work um, and, uh-huh. and now experiencing it to work, which has done nothing but expand my leadership. And people need to be open to that, but they, but they first have to open their heart. And I think that, that uh, so many companies I watch um, are afraid that if they do open their heart, that's going to lead to that opening the door and them leaving for some reason. And I, I don't get that. I think that 
a lot of times when you, and you said it without saying it, but it's true that when you find a manager who surrounds himself with weak people, it's because he doesn't want the threat of talent underneath him or around him or underneath her or around her. Because if someone outperforms them, they feel it's a threat to their future, their job, their opportunity. So a lot of times there is a trickle-down effect of leadership weakness because, you know, you can't draw water from an empty well. And so it's interesting that you talk about all the things you've learned and the things you've trained your mind to do. I mean, you know, if somebody would have told me 20 years ago that, you know, we walk in a studio today, we produce 2,000 new e-learning videos a year um, in our little engine. We serve uh, millions and millions and millions of minutes of content today. When people come in our studio and watch what we do, they're, they're literally in shock. How do you record so much content? How do you do it so quickly? How do you do it efficiently like you do at the quality you do? Well, we learn to. You know, we, we built a product that we created called SpiderWeb Technology to allow us to mind map our content that provides itself either one-minute, two-minute, three-minute, four-minute videos. It works every time. And I don't, I've never walked in the studio with a note, never used a teleprompter, learned how to do that, acquired talent, skill, didn't wake up one day and go, oh, I have the ability to, to learn massive amounts of information. I trained myself to do that. I, I learned how to, to, to do those type things. So very interesting that you said you've done those type things too, because we can. We, we can all build our knowledge, our skills, our habits into something bigger and better and brighter and bolder if we want to do the work and we go to work on ourselves. And it's it's supremely rewarding, right? It's oh, yeah. it's 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 new every day. It's in especially the learning aspect of it. It's, I can't wait to do some of the things that that I've got planned for tomorrow, only because I know what it's going to bring me in in the coming days as well. So you know, one of the 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 other things I thought was interesting, and and um, we've got about three minutes to break, but I wanted you to comment on it because it, it breaks my heart. And I'm going to shift gears here for a second, but it breaks my heart when I when I go out to dinner with my families and I watch the the, the social media families is what I call them. Mm-hmm. Right? You got yep. a family of four, all four of them on their phones, uh, and none of them talking to each other. So you had the you had a life lesson there. It says many of the greatest moments of conversations in life occur around the dinner table, and I think that that's yeah. an art that we're losing. Yeah, it wasn't. You know, I I. I uh grew up in Shirley Cummings and George Cummings' home. My mother is, uh, first of all, Rick, I wish you could meet her because you would probably uh, not let her go. You would sit there for hours, single greatest storyteller on earth. She's South Louisiana, French, Acadiana woman, 85 years old today, probably outdance all of us. Um, just amazing. And we, we had eyes up dinner. You know, we, we sat around our table and we talked and we conversed. And this whole thing about the social media families today is scary, scary enough. It's not only true in restaurants, it's, it's true in cars. As you watch people drive by you, um, 40% of the people, 60 maybe even today, are driving by you looking down texting instead of paying attention to the road. But we've become so disconnected from a communication standpoint. We've lost that art. Of, of sitting around and really seeing value in each other. I mean, I've got a friend that told me the day he finally decided it had gotten too much is when his daughter was texting him from upstairs in the house, right, <laughs> instead of coming downstairs and having a conversation with Dad. So I, I just think, you know, people got to make their own decision about it, but that's just not uh, – I was raised in a, in a family where that just wasn't okay, uh, we really talked to each other, and we had amazing stories at that table. And still, too, to this day, when I go home, I just put my dad in hospice, and 
My mother's been fairly ill, too, and we spent the whole month of December at home as a family. And those moments were magic. Um, just, uh, I, love to, I love to sit by Shirley Cummings and let her tell me one more great story, one more great um, little things like, you know, when your children are little, they step on your toe. Uh, if you're not careful, when they get bigger, they'll step on your heart. And then she'll give you stories around that. Well, you, you can't do that when you're texting and checking your Facebook likes and shares. You miss all that stuff. Yeah, I think one of the greatest uh, moments of my life that I can remember is is my great uh, aunt turning 100 in 1983 um, and sh- sitting around and, and talking with her. And, and, you know, she was sharing stories from her childhood. I mean, just her mm-hmm. mind, she was blind and half deaf. Uh, but but her mind was as sharp as a tack and could tell you when she remembered seeing the first light bulb go on in her house when she got electricity for the first time and when she saw the first car and, and we're talking about just the the age of techno you know technology advances and you know to to a kid at 1983 at that point you know that just seemed incredible because uh, you're talking mm. about 1883 to you know she she was 11 in, in 1894. I mean it's incredible <laughs> to to yeah. to hear about that. But those that was some I I cherish that time and never forgot it. Um, and what, I think that you, is what do, you think the, what do you think the reason is? Why do you feel uh, that that happens today at the at the level it does? Um, I, I just think again, it's it's social interaction. Actually, you know, again at the high school today, and we're up against a break here, so I'll make this quick. But, you know, I, I think again, there's that awkwardness that we didn't have a way to jump away from, that they can hide behind, and and so because they have the phone, because they can hide behind it, that kind of stuff. Um, and so when you know, I I talk a lot about millennial millennial generation, and 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 I defend it a lot because a lot of people will say that they're not prepared for their for the workspace. What I'm defending when when I say that is not necessarily the skill sets, the social skill set. I, I mean, think you know, Simon Sinek talks about it. Is like you know, they they don't have to go up and ask in person for that date and, and get rejected and feel that awkwardness and deal with the emotion and that kind of stuff. They're going to deal with that in the business world. They're going to deal with the sales person you know as a salesperson getting the no and there's that awkwardness and that rejection you develop those social skills you know in early ages except that they're doing all that over text now and they just don't know how to talk right they just don't know how to talk but we got to take a break right here we're going to be right back with our final segment with paul cummings you listen to the work-life balance with rick morris In today's hyper-fast, super-competitive business world, on time is now too late, on budget is now too expensive, and today's innovation is tomorrow's antique, which means app releases that used to happen regularly now need to happen continuously, while always delivering experiences that keep your customers coming back for more. In other words, you need to be agile, and there's no better way to get there than with agile management from CA Technologies a complete set of solutions and services that make agility a reality so you can anticipate and rapidly respond to change and immediately incorporate customer feedback, build a flexible bridge between ideas and execution, and transform app delivery from an endpoint into an always-on part of your development lifecycle while ensuring an exceptional service experience. So be the one who wins. App after app, day after day, with Agile Management. From CA. 
Winning in the application economy means executing a business strategy that gets the hottest products and apps out the door and into market faster than ever before. But what happens when hot is suddenly not? Can you instantly pivot and prioritize your plans and investment portfolio to react to the new reality and make sure your strategy is right on target? You will with CA Project and Portfolio Management, the proven solution that enables agile, effective decision-making across your entire investment portfolio. Unlike other tools, CA PPM is designed to work the way you do. Doers are empowered, planners are enabled, helpers are elevated, and customers are engaged all while you maximize performance and portfolio value. It's little wonder that CAPPM is the industry leader with more than 2 million happy users worldwide, not to mention world-class consulting and implementation partners. So why not give CA project and portfolio management a closer look and make everything you've got put you out in front? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back for our final segment this Friday uh, afternoon uh, with Paul Cummings on the Voice America Business Network. So, Paul, tell everybody uh, what you've got upcoming as far as speaking arrangements and speaking engagements, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're about to start a major uh, tour over in Australia. We're going to be in um, in Brisbane on the Gold Coast in that area for a week. And then we're heading over to Sydney for a week. Uh, then we're going to do a stopover in Dubai a couple of days. These are all private engagements for companies. And then we're doing a big rollout over in uh, Europe, Phase 2, with uh, the Virtue Group there, which is an amazing group. Uh, Scratch Company 10 years ago. Today they're doing about $4 billion a year in revenue. Unbelievable to be a part of that. When I return from that, uh, the end of February, we're going to be doing uh, some events that will be announced on our website up in the New York area. We're doing the National WIC Association Women's Infant and Children Keynote uh, up in White Plains. So we've got a lot of things coming up the first quarter, and then we're going to be um, in April doing our first It All Matters convention around the book that we'll be announcing on our website as well um, in the month of April. And we're very excited about that. It's going to be a big Big deal. We're trying to decide between New Orleans, which is what I call home um, from the way I grew up, or Vegas, and um, just haven't decided where we're going to host it yet. But that's the things. And of course, we're available for keynotes and available to to do private events for corporations uh, based on availability as well. And they go to uh, paulcummings.com to to yes, find sir. out how to book you there. Absolutely. It's uh, easy to do there, and we have people on our team available to answer any and all questions. And uh, all our social media is easy. It's uh, at I am Paul Cummings, and that's for Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, all, um, all of those are the same uh, handle. It's just at I am Paul Cummings. Outstanding. Free newsletter. I think our, uh, I think any of your listeners would really enjoy. It's non-promotional, really information-packed. Goes out once a month. Anybody can go to our website, and subscribe for that as well. 
And so one of our most popular features, we ask all of our guests, it's an old Maxwellism, right? He, he, the two things he mm. taught me were, you know, who do you know that I should know? And what's some of the best advice you've ever been given? You can't, you can't get a positive charge off a dead battery. And I, I think that's one of the greatest pieces of advice. I think it goes back to what you talked about earlier about who you surround yourself with. And I think if you, if you really want to have an impactful journey, you need to surround yourself with impactful people, with people that are positive batteries, with people that have a positive charge. Uh, you need to go to events that are positive. You need to read things that are positive because a dead battery is never going to spark you. It's never, it's never going to get you to that new place of ignition that you, that you might want to go. I think that's fantastic. Any, any last words for the audience? Well, Rick, I think the main thing is just, you know, we, we all have that beginning date and that ending date. Make the most out of your dash. I, I think the beautiful thing about business today is, you know, we're one great question away from the best idea we've ever had. And if you just, if you ask a better question, you'll get a better answer. Question your life up. Uh, operate with courage. If you get that little gnawing thing in your head that, man, other people might think this is crazy, I would jump on that idea really quick because it's probably your better one. And, uh, and, and just go live a life of intention and purpose and, and joy and, um, you know, go be remarkable because you, uh, you are and you can be. I think that's fantastic advice. And I certainly appreciate, I've, I've completely enjoyed the, this conversation. We'd love to have you back. So hopefully I'd you'll uh, come, come back. back and maybe we'll, uh, we'll pick you back up after your uh, European tour there. That would be awesome. It'd be fantastic. We'd love to do it. And we, we really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So, Paul, we, we appreciate you coming on. So uh, next week, um, I, I believe, and uh, uh, no, actually next week we're going to have uh, a great friend of mine. It's going to be uh, Nicole Tabulio. Uh And so Nicole was a co-author uh, with me on the book Agile Almanac Volume 2, uh, which is an Amazon number one bestseller as well. And uh, she wrote a couple of chapters and contributed to that book with uh, our friend John Stenbeck. Uh, so she's going to be on the show with us, and she's going to be discussing her chapters as we uh, dive back into the Agile uh, world uh, on this show. And so you're not going to want to miss that. She is a, a powerhouse. She's a firehouse, a lot of fun to uh, talk to. Uh, so we'll have her on the show next week. Uh, the week after that, uh, we're going to have, uh, as we're talking Agile, we're going to have one of the, the what we consider kind of a founding father of Agile, uh, who uh, founded the Discipline Agile Delivery uh, and was responsible for the Agile delivery at IBM, uh, Scott Ambler is going to be on the show. So we're super, super excited to have Scott booked uh, for the show here. That's going to be a huge, huge event for us as well. So please stay tuned right here at the Voice America Business Network. Hang out with us. You can always find me on social media. You can find me at, at Rick A. Morris. Uh, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, all over the place. Also, our web series, PM Minute. You can search that by hashtag PM Minute. Uh, and then again, you can always find the show on Alexa by asking Alexa, ask any pod to play the work-life balance, and they'll find you there. And then start looking for the transcription on our blog site at pmnetworks.com. So as always, we love you guys for hanging out with us. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Stay tuned right here to the next program on the Voice America Business Network, and we'll talk to you next Friday right here, same time, same place. And we always like to remind you, everybody wants to succeed. But does everybody have the will to succeed? Stay right here. You've been listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. 
Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show.